from the Three Story Method Podcast Network. This is the Serial Fiction Show. I'm Christine Daigle. And I'm J.P. Reinbush. Welcome to the Writer's Serial Fiction Show. If you haven't listened to today's story, we'd encourage you to pause and go listen to Gage Greenwood's episode on our companion podcast first. We can only play half the episode. So if you like what you hear, check out the full episode free on Vela. The links to the podcast and the Vela episode are in the show notes. So JP. So Christine. You are still in LA and I feel like I haven't talked to you for forever. What have you been doing this I week? I know. Well, it's day 12. <laughs> uh, and I'm counting down the days. I only have three, three, three more days left, four more days left. I don't know. I leave Friday. Um it's been good. I adventured this past weekend and I did uh, little to no writing. And yeah, I had kind of like a weird couple of days of burnout, which mm. I didn't want. But then today I sat down and I put on the little timer and then the words came. And I That's have awesome. No idea. I guess I needed a reboot. Um, but no, I used the wonderful app called Centered uh, that our uh, club that we're a part of, Book Genie, um, they highly recommend. And so I've been using that and that's been a really nice uh, accountability tool. There's my plug uh, for Book Genie. And oh, Centered. neat. We'll have, to have that link on our website and uh, <laughs> I'll have to check that out. That's very cool. Sometimes you feel better after burnout. And you did send me a couple of cool pictures this week of bookstores. Which bookstores were those that you were sending me pictures from? I went to the last bookstore in, I think it's just in downtown LA. Honestly, I have no idea. I walked everywhere, so I, I don't know. Um, but it is highly recommended. Anyone that likes books, this is a very interesting and strange place to be in. Um, there's like a little labyrinth inside. There's a huge collection of rare books. Uh, there's a lot of strange book art on display. I think that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> that sounds so fantastic. highly recommend. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. How about you? Tell me, tell me what's been going on. Oh, uh, I just got yeah, it was so fun. Futurescapes was so fun. I just got out of Futurescapes um, as we were recording this. It was a blast. I had the best faculty to work with. I had CL Polk as my main uh, person, and they were fabulous. Um, also worked with a couple other cool people, Kate Dollarhide and uh, the agent Sarah Megabo, who was delightful. I learned so much. My group was so cool. I had such a good time. Highly recommend anyone to do it in the future. They have confirmed it was um, Luke, the the guy that runs it, was saying it was probably going to be the last one, but has decided mm -hmm. that they are going to do another one and maybe live in person in Utah. So I highly recommend anyone who has a chance to apply and to do it because it was a great experience. So excellent. Yeah, I might do that. Yeah. So Christine. So JP. Uh, we should talk about pro writing aid. Yes, we should. So I really like the summary report, uh, which you can run and then it runs all of its features and it basically gives you this like report card uh, with percentages and it tells you what you're good at and what you're not so good at. Yeah. And I love that percentage because that really helps seeing if your uh, manuscript is working overall, you know, yeah, there's the spelling and the grammar, but also the style. I like mm -hmm. to have good style. So I love that summary report and you can just easily, easily click to the different sections 
Uh, you know, if maybe your spelling is good, but your style is not so good, you can just click right there, make style improvements. Everybody yeah. likes to be stylish. Definitely. And like one of the things I like is being able to change what the ranges are for your report. So you're not just looking at this as if it's any old piece of, of written text. You're, you may be specifying it to your specific genre that you're writing in. So like mm-hmm. it could be for young adult um, or it could be a more academic piece of literature. And in that case, like these ranges for expectations for how you start sentences, for how you, how much dialogue tags you use, like that's going to change. And it's really fun to see where you are in line with the average of your written text that you are trying to emulate in one sense or another. Yeah. It compares me to Stephen King. I think that's just the default. I think I need to change that. (laughs) But hey, but that's the fun part. There are worse people to be compared to. I don't know what that meant. (laughs) I don't either, which is why I just just meant that Stephen King is a good writer. So that's okay. I'll take the comparison. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Yeah. I really like all of that for sure. Me too. Go check it out for writing.com. Serial 20. It'll get you 20% off. S-E-R-I-A-L 20. Not like the breakfast, but like the killer. Like just like in Stephen King's books. Okay. So I just wanted to start talking about your hook in your first episode. So you have in the beginning, darkness. And Winter and his daughters are bursting out of darkness into light, and the reader's not really sure where they're coming from. How do you go about crafting an opening that hooks a reader? In this particular case, um, because it's a mythology story, ultimately, um, I wanted to create the sense that even though he's telling myths to his daughters, they're also, their story is is mythological and legendary um and i used in the beginning even though most of the the story doesn't have any bible references i use that one because it's just so iconic for a start for a story and i i hope that the reader sees that and says oh okay and then i decided to hold back on their backstory so that it is confusing. I wanted the reader to be almost as confused as they are coming into the earth and being blinded by light. <laughs> I wanted to kind of make the reader feel as blinded as they were. So I think that's the key to a good hook for, for my writing is to, um, to put the reader in the same spot that the character is in. I think too that that plays a lot with the themes, at least that Christine and I picked up on uh, when we were looking at this in theme and armature for your first episode. And we came up with the sentence, the world is a scary place, but we can survive it together. And I think what you're talking here with, you know, the fact that you're bringing that reader in on that moment and you're kind of having them go through it. And then it's almost like these stories are being told um, as forms of survival. It kind of seems to play into this theme, but I'm curious how do you approach theme when you're writing and what are some of the themes that you see when you're writing this? I, um, especially with the serial format where you can kind of have this long-term um, goal, I like to take themes um, and then question them. Uh, so, so I start off this serial with, with it's very much about um, family. And like you said, we can survive this together. And 
from the perspective of winter taking care of his daughters and feeling like he's always doing the right thing by protecting them. Um, but then later I want that to be questioned that is there too much of that? Can there be too much of that? And he's coming from a place with what he's learned and maybe that doesn't translate anymore. And, and he needs to do the learning now and his kids are going to be the one that, that give him the lessons. Yeah. And I think I picked up on that even pretty early on with winter's character. He wants survival, but what he really needs is to be free, to be free of fear, uh, for his family to be free so that they can be flourishing. How do you go about crafting characters, especially their wants and their needs, uh, when you're dreaming them up for a story? I like to, when I'm writing up my characters, I like to, uh, really pick out their flaws and, uh, and accentuate those. And then I, I throw everything at them and make their flaws have to deal with those situations. <clears throat> um, and I, I, I try and show that their flaws can have positives at times as well. Um, but I like that to be their, their sort of biggest obstacle isn't necessarily the, uh, the threat, but their reaction to the threat. Okay. So you have a really interesting story structure. You alternate chapters in the present with myths the dad is telling that involve artifacts and people of the past. Can you tell us a bit more about this structure and why you decided to use it for serial fiction? Um, yeah. So I have multiple stories that I have to tell at once because you have the, the present situation that they're in i have their entire background which is a, a story all in itself um that affects what's happening now and then you have their myths um which have to serve a purpose other than just him telling his kids a, a good night story so when i structured it i really tried to balance that out um and I don't know if I always succeeded, especially with getting to some of the backstory. Since I'm playing such a long game, I might have waited a little too long to get into some of the answers for that. Um, but I knew when I, especially in the serial fiction where we have the first three episodes are free, I wanted to give Winter learning the world in those first three um, episodes and really it, just trying to, to get his footing. And then in the, in the first paid episode is him telling the story, a, a myth. But I wanted the reader to know they were going to get that myth in the next episode. So I ended the third chapter with him very clearly saying, let me tell you a story now. Um, and then I've tried to balance out the myths where it's not going to cut into the action too much. So kind of at, at pauses, which makes sense in the fact that he's telling his kids a story, which isn't going to happen when he's, they're getting shot at. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting structure. And you also decided to blend a lot of genres in your serial. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, uh, there's not a genre that I won't touch in the series. <laughs> um, because the myths are comedic. Um, and they sort of break up. I, I try, I hope that they break up the um, the dismal aspects of their what they're going through. Um and then it's, you know, the action thriller, uh, there's some horror in there and some sci-fi. And I, and I really wanted that because um, you have these characters who are, who are coming to Earth for the first time. And if you don't know Earth, it is science fiction and it is horror and it is all of these things blended together. So I wanted to blend those for the reader as well. 
when we were on your YouTube, uh, shout out to Gage Greenwood Writes, uh, you mentioned that you had OCD. Can you tell us uh, some writing strategies that you use as a neurodiverse author? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of the things with my my OCD is that um, I, I, I get into... Um, such a, an obsession with, with uh, whatever it is that I'm into that everything else in my life becomes neglected. Um, and then it gets to a point where I burn out on that thing and find something new to obsess over. So to not do that this time, um, I, this, this is going to sound strange, but I almost found too many things to obsess over at once where I couldn't let myself go full force into one thing. And that's been really helpful with having the YouTube channel and doing all these other things. But ultimately what I really have to do, um, because the most important thing in my life is my son is setting a schedule and then not allowing myself to work on something outside of that schedule. So, so if, yeah, it would be nice to get an extra 10 minutes of writing in right here, but I can't, I can't because I know that 10 minutes will turn into two hours and it will turn into me thinking about it all night while my son's trying to tell me a story. So I, I have to, I have to pay attention to it and break myself out of these patterns, um, which gets difficult. I don't have a, a good schedule for my writing um, because my life is, you know, I'm raising a son and I have all these other things to do. So it gets really difficult to try and <clears throat> maintain a schedule. Um, so I kind of have to make the schedule on the fly too, which is a little bit strange. So I kind of wake up and I'm saying, all right, I'm going to have some time at two o'clock today. That's my time. And that's the only time that I can do that aspect. And then I need to edit my YouTube video. I can do that at two o'clock in the morning tonight. You know, <laughs> I have to kind of plan it that way. It's the only way it works for me. Yeah. Well, that's, I identify with that more than I would like to admit. <laughs> So speaking of uh, also doing your YouTube channel, you interview authors and marketing specialists. Um, is there anything about that that you'd like to share with other writers? Um, just, you know, check out the channel for one. <laughs> um, but the, I, I think that it's important to to go out and find as many resources as you can. This This show is fantastic for it because you get to hear from people who are a like you and new if you're new um or have done it for for a very long time and you can get those experiences we talked a little bit on when you guys are on my youtube about the importance of the writing community and i think in general i just think it, it's such an, an open resource um that you should you should definitely check out and make friends and you never know when someone is going to become uh, an important part of your life through that uh and I, that's something i learned when i did stand up because you would do these shows where you had a bunch of new people and then some big name people at the end. And when you're sitting in the green room, you have these people who've been doing comedy for 10, 20 years, just sitting there and no one is talking to them about this career that they've had <laughs> when they're just a resource right there. You get a free masterclass just by, by chatting with them. Um, and the writing community is very open and responsive and people want to help each other and talk to each other and, and become friends. So so really just dive into that community and and uh, and talk to people. It doesn't always have to be about business either, you know? <laughs> right. So on that, uh, with stand-up, uh, is serial kind of like testing material? Or how does the two of those kind of intertwine with your history of stand-up? Yeah, I guess it's 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 a little open mic-ish, but um more more uh 
no, I wouldn't say it's open mic. It's it's new material that you've tested a little bit. You do want you, I do want to make sure that it's uh, it's not it's not going to flop like a joke at an open mic. Um, but yeah, it is. It's a little bit more. Um, you get to play around with with things more um, and and see what your audience digs and what they don't for sure. Awesome. Now, you had also stated that you enjoy comic books. Do you use any of that structure when you're writing your serial? A hundred percent. Yeah, that's I'm a, I'm a big comic book fan from when I was a kid. Um, you know, I, I was raised on the superhero comics. I'm still a diehard Spider-Man fan, but I like all the Spider-Man people. Like I like Miles and Jessica Drew, all of them. They're all awesome. Um, and then as an adult, I got more into like the more independent comics. And um, I know we were talking about... Uh, what was what we were talking about saga you know we both love saga um yeah and i read like aftershock comics i did i love comic books and they always have that structure and from their perspective it's business um it's a business situation where they do these arcs so that they can sell the graphic novels and then the longer ones to sell the compendiums but it's a great structure for telling a story that you you don't have an end date on where you can just create these arcs and people can enjoy those and and then jump back in for another another arc, and it all leads back into something bigger. Definitely, I love I love using comics as a reference. It's so good. What have you learned about the Kindle Vela platform, or just writing serials in general, that you want to share with other authors? Um, work on those hooks at the end of a, an episode for sure. That's I think uh, in 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 winter's myths, I wish I had stronger hooks at the beginning than I do. Um, I don't think it's like completely devoid of cliffhangers, but they're not as big of the cliffhangers as they get to be later on in the series. Um, so really work on those cliffhangers at the beginning, um, and, and make sure that the chapters get to the point. Um, you don't want to meander too much. Uh, you can do that a little more in a novel, um but but you can't with this one you got to get right to what's going to be happening next and i always say with the, with the cliffhangers now which i didn't learn in the beginning is go to your cliffhanger point and then see if you can bring it two sentences back that's great advice i really like that tip and as a last question what would you say to someone looking to start a serial well first of all just do it don't wait till you're 42 like i did um <laughs> just start start writing and um and make sure you're writing a serial if you want to write serial fiction make sure you're writing serial fiction um if you want to put it in ebook later that's fine i think that's a great idea but don't focus on that focus on writing the serial as a serial and um and know that your goal is to have an audience coming back it's not like a book where, I mean, yeah, they put the book down and come back to it. This is, you need them to come back to your episodes and then go to the next one and go to the next one. So, um, you know, treat your reader with respect. They're not just a future profit. You want to, uh, you want to make sure they're getting what they paid for. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming and sitting down chatting with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was awesome being here. Thank you. Our thanks today to Gage Greenwood for letting us break down their episode. We want to thank you for listening to the Reader Serial Fiction Show. If you know someone who might enjoy the show, send them your favorite episode link. And if you want to leave an Apple podcast review, we read all of them and use your suggestions. You can also leave a comment on the episode on our website, SerialFictionShow.com. We'd love to hear from you. And finally, we have a Patreon where you can get 
serial fiction show episodes early. We also have tons of other things in the works, so check us out at patreon.com slash serial fiction show. Thanks, and we'll see you next time with another serial fiction episode. And, and that's a that's wrap. A wrap. Have a pleasant evening. Goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Good. Okay, bye. Subtle, subtle JP signing off. Bye. I, I'm not going to say that this is the last time that you'll hear subtle JP, um, but <laughs> but it's it could be a while. And no, actually, it'll be two weeks from now. <laughs> Where are you going to be two weeks from now? Back here. Oh. Two weeks here, two weeks home, two weeks here. Oh, yay. More time in the Ozarks. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Can't wait. Oh, boy. Mm hmm. Does Josh come with you or does he stay home? He stays home. It's a long time. I feel bad. Um, I haven't called him. <laughs> we text, but. Mm. We all oh, wait. We have talked over Discord. So okay. It's fine. I hate the phone though. Like, you know, I hate the phone. Really I hate, hate talking phone. on the phone. So I, I never like talking on the phone as a child. Me neither. I still hate talking on the phone. Mm -hmm. My husband's always like, oh, just call. But like, you don't understand. It's a whole ordeal. I don't want to call them. I am very competent voice. in a lot of things. I just don't like calling people. Mm -mm. I hate and it. And I hate it when they call me. I'm like, why can't you just text me that? Mm -hmm. Or if you really need to talk to me that badly, just come over. I guess it's COVID. You mm -hmm. can't do that. But Oh, yeah. that mm -hmm. Don't do that. Phones are the worst. They are the worst. I expect a letter in the mail. Yeah. I haven't got a real letter in the mail for ages. Maybe I'll write you a letter, JP. I'll mail it to you. I tell you, I'm going to send you weird, random things sometimes. That could be a weird, random thing. My, my sticker, I can't, I was like. You can't, like, JP, you can't show me the back of your laptop when the camera is on the front of your laptop. <laughs> that was a fail. I know. <laughs> I am dead. I have died. You have to bury me now. <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> oh, my heart. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I have seen in a long time. Maybe the second funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> tears. <laughs> My face hurts. I'm fine. <laughs> okay, well. Well, what about the sticker on the know. back of your laptop? You just tried to show me by closing your laptop.
It's I can't. I fucked up a sticker, okay? <laughs> Which sticker? <laughs> our, our, I'm trying to show you again. <laughs> they're serial Do you need it's me to mail you another stickers. one? No, they're okay for now, but okay. I fucked them up. Let me know if you need to mail the me. The goat is almost missing its head. No, that headless goat. Satanic serial fiction show stickers. Yes. Let me know if you need me to send you more. Uh, it's okay. I'll just stay here and cry. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Well, you have a good night with your headless goat. Yep. Good night. Good night. Good <laughs> night.